You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to BGN Radio. Why would you listen to any other Eagles <laughs> podcast? With John Stolness and Brandon Lee Gowden. Hello, Bleeding Green Nation, and welcome back to BGN Radio. This is episode number 38. I'm John Stolnes from BleedingGreenNation.com. You can follow me on Twitter, at John Stolnes. we got a lot to get to, even though we are in a slow time right now during the Eagles season. Combine's a few days away, and then we'll get a bunch of draft talk, and free agency's going to get started. Franchise tag stuff is coming up here as well, but the league official league year hasn't started yet, so we're kind of in a little bit of a dead period, but a lot to get to for a dead period. We're going to talk about Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown on the chances they be they might be coming to Philadelphia also talk about some other possible Eagles trade ideas get into some free agency talk and we'll do that all with the man the myth the legend may he reign forever the brains behind the operation at bleedinggreennation.com Brandon Lee Galton you can follow Brandon on Twitter at Brandon Galton BLG how you feeling bud John the biggest Eagles news of the week clearly has to be the new BGN Radio intro that you just heard, hopefully, <laughs> uh, that was before this podcast that you're listening to right now. Michael Kiss has done a great job with this one, mm-hmm. and obviously the new one that he has for the Kiss and Select show, too. And I just heard him, <laughs> he played the very funny mock intro that he yes. was going to use for the QB Sco show with Schofield there. So, doing pretty good. I mean, you can't get any better than that intro. No, absolutely. The production value has skyrocketed. I mean, I think we got we got an extra 20 bucks, I think, for us to just throw around however we want to. So this is no Michael is doing a great job with all that and uh, takes a special ear to put that kind of thing together. So uh, good job, as always, by Michael Kiss getting all that together. It does sound makes me sound a lot cooler than I actually am because I'm like the least cool person on the planet. Uh, but we got a lot to get to here, BLG. I know this is a, a nice uh, welcome respite before the stuff really starts to come at you fast and furious, but um, there are some things to talk about, and and the guy that everybody is kind of waiting to see what the Eagles are going to do something with is Nick Foles. We don't know uh, exactly what their plan is yet with him. A few weeks back, Pro Football Talk indicated that it might uh, talking about the franchise tag with Nick Foles, whether or not the Eagles are going to franchise him and then do that with the specific intention of trading him away. Pro Football Talk indicated that would violate rules, that the Eagles weren't allowed to do that. Just as a reminder, the Eagles have until 4 o'clock Eastern time on March 5th to use the tag on Foles. I, and as we've talked about, the Eagles are certainly, if they're going to franchise him, will have a, a deal in place with somebody uh, before the league year begins on March 13th. And so Adam Schefter now says... That pro football talk report is not the case, right, BLG? Like, it's not it's not illegal for the Eagles to uh, work out a trade, franchise Foles, and then trade him with the to the uh, put the tag on him with the express intent to to trade him, right? Yeah, that's what Schefter said, and it kind of I mean, the CBA doesn't say that, which is the letter of the law, mm-hmm. and you know, like that's the authority. Adam Schefter is not, but you know, Adam Schefter obviously knows what he's talking about, and he clearly 
seemingly did some research on this. He, he talked to some people and he couldn't really give us the exact answer why, but he just said that's kind of how it is. Like it's not going to be an issue if they want to do it. Like we, you had asked me that I think a couple episodes ago and we talked about that. I just don't think it's something the NFL really enforces. Like it's been a non-issue. That's, but that's Florio's thing. Like he always brings up these little things that's like, well, this could be illegal or this could, you know, set a whole <laughs> thing in motion. I remember when the Eagles signed a undrafted free agent back in 2013 named Miguel Masonette and they cut him shortly after they gave him like a small signing bonus. And Mike Florio was like, this could shift signal a rift in the Eagles front office. And I'm like, dude, like they just cut an undrafted player. Like it's not that big <laughs> of a deal. So yeah. that's just Florio. He always go to the conspiracy angle and whatever. I guess he, he makes things interesting. But yeah, I don't, I don't think this is an issue. The The thing that we're in now, as you mentioned, is the, the tag window is open. Obviously, it opened mm-hmm. earlier this week on Tuesday. It is going to close on March 5th at 4 p.m. So the Eagles have some time here. And they're obviously not going to, no one, you know, the tag isn't going to be used before then because there's no reason to. Like, you yeah. know, you don't, you're not going to do it until the deadline because you want to use all the time you have to kind of try to see if you can get, get a deal lined up. And you're, you're seeing Adam Schefter say he still believes that the Eagles will use the tag on him. So that would seem to indicate that it's going to be done. And again, you have Jason Lacanfora out there saying that, you know, smart people he's talked to around the league think the Eagles are going to do it. So it doesn't seem impossible that it's going to happen here still. It just it doesn't seem like the likely option as we've said all along, but we shall see in the next couple of weeks here. Yeah, and uh, from what I understand, the Eagles have to get under the cap by when they place the franchise tag on Nick Foles. They have to tag him, and, and that $25 million has to be has to keep the Eagles under uh, under the cap. And of course, once they trade him, that that when the league start when the league uh, official league year begins, that that money then gets cleared off the books. But you can't franchise him. Uh, and have that number go over the cap. So that's another reason why they probably won't franchise him until that point. They still have a few roster decisions to make if they decide to go that route. And my guess is, BLG, if we see a couple days leading up uh, to March 5th, the Eagles making decisions on players like Timmy Jernigan or whoever else that, you know, they decide to, to, to cut him or, or drastically reduce uh, salary structure or contract. Could that be an indication that they're going to use the franchise tag on Foles? Um, so, I mean, technically they, they have to be, they could place the franchise tag on him and be over the cap up until, uh, 4 p.m. on March 13th. That's when they officially have to be under the cap. Because at that you. point, at 4 p.m., once the new league year officially begins, like they can be over from that period on March 5th until the 13th. They would have okay. to, you know, obviously take that week or eight days or whatever and get under in those eight days. But either way, we were just talking about, days here they're gonna have to make those moves at some point um they're going to have to make some cuts they're gonna have to do something like actually you know technically right now they're i believe over the cap has them at 2.1 million over so they're not under anymore they don't have to make moves just to get in the um the black instead of the red here but again, if they're going to tag Nick Foles at that 25.6 million number, I think I saw it was, then yeah, they're going to have to make some big moves. And, and that's not a concern. Like that, like we know Howie Roseman can do that. Like he's, he's going to find ways to move money around if that's going to be the case. The bigger question is just, is this deal going to get lined up with Nick Foles? Because like we kind of talked about, I think last week, like the, the market isn't huge for him. And I think Schefter even kind of in his interview with 97.5 The Fanatic this week, he kind of pointed that out too. He's like, I, I'm kind of interested to see where Foles will go because it doesn't seem like there's a lot of obvious landing spots for him right now. I think the Denver trade really took off one of the, you know, m- one of the more popular 
options on the board. And now that they have Flacco, um, that's off the board. It doesn't seem like Miami's interested in him. It doesn't seem like the Giants are going to move on from Eli. Uh, so I don't think he's going there. It doesn't seem like Washington is going to be interested in Nick Foles. So that kind of really just leaves Jacksonville. And when it comes down to one team like that, okay, maybe it'll be them. But I think kind of I think back to the Cardinals last year when I thought the Cardinals were the most obvious team for Nick Foles. And let's be honest, they should have been. Like, what, <laughs> what were right. they doing signing Sam Bradford? That was a total waste. They should have tried to go after Nick Foles. But – I remember that on the first day of free agency, like once they signed Sam Bradford, it was over. Like I knew Nick Foles was staying at that point because that was the team that made the most sense for him. And, you know, there was nothing going to be going on from there. So the reason I bring that up is like if Jacksonville makes some kind of move where a quarterback that doesn't involve Nick Foles, then I don't know. (laughs) I don't know what happens with Nick Foles. I don't know where he goes at that point. Foles is such an interesting case because he hasn't played a full season each of these last two years he's impressed when he's been in there or ever right exactly or ever i think the most he's ever played is 13 games in a season and i think uh, or 14 baby but uh he only did that one time and so yeah he's never put together a full season uh, all 16 games and especially the last two seasons when he has played it's been as a spot starter it's been to to mop up the end of the season and he's done it spectacularly but He's also on the, you know, he's also 30 years old. Is he 30, 31? I don't remember exactly, but it's either way. He's not a young guy. He's not a guy that you're building your team around, you know, and and, Turns, and he just turned 30 in January. OK, so he's, he just turned 30. And so, I mean, he has a few years left, but really a guy like Nick Foles is perfect for a team that's a playoff contender, but is a quarterback short, the which quarterback, is a rare situation, right? Yeah pretty unusual and so right now the Jaguars are really that the only team where you could say that they have a playoff caliber defense right now and they have some other pieces on the offense but they have been woefully lacking a quarterback but you look at the other spots around the league you could maybe argue Washington if they improve some of their skill position players because I think you and I both agree their lines are are both half decent and Alex mm-hmm. Smith isn't going to be there next year but Alex Smith is their long-term guy for a lot of money, they're not going to pay Foles and Smith at the same time. And and, and Foles isn't going to go anywhere on just a one-year deal. He's going to want some kind of multi-year guarantee. So that's the that's the problem you're right he's running into is that the, all the teams that are quarterback needy are bad teams that want to start from scratch and, and build with a guy. And there aren't any playoff caliber teams without a quarterback, with the exception possibly of Jacksonville. So again, yeah, why would Jacksonville make a trade when really it's their kind of exclusive window to get Foles in free agency. So here's what I'm thinking now. When you're looking at this limited market, does Nick Foles want to be franchise tagged? I think he might want to be, right? Because look, who's giving him $25 million at this point? Like you're getting that $25 million plus cap number if you're getting franchise tagged. If you look at SpotRack's free agent projection for his contract right now, it's only $19.2 million. So that's six million more that he would be getting by the franchise tag than what he is currently projected to get on the market. And I think that's part of why it might not necessarily be illegal for the Eagles to put the tag on him, because I think Nick Foles, quite frankly, might actually want that to happen. It'd be the most easiest path for him to get to that, you know, a lot of money in 2019. He's, I just don't think he's getting twenty five million plus in free agency. But would that, um, but would that scare off Jacksonville though? I mean, because obviously they would have to have a deal worked out with Jacksonville before they put the tag on him. And if Jacksonville is saying to themselves, "Why trade for him at twenty five point six million dollars when we can just get him as a free agent for less than that?" 
Yeah, that's the that's the rub. So that's yeah. the other side of it. But I think, you know, maybe Nick Foles, if he gets involved in this process, like we've kind of talked about before, maybe what's best for him is he goes to the Eagles and be like, hey, and this is kind of what Mike Gar- Garofalo had maybe was kind of hinting at when he said that there's mutual interest last week between Nick Foles and the Jaguars that Nick Foles kind of wants to go there and maybe on the tag because then he gets that, that figure that, or at least, you know, even if he's traded on the tag and they renegotiate, then he has that starting point of $25 million in in 2019 that he kind of it gives him a good starting point there you know then yeah. they can kind of negotiate from there but at the very least he has that very good one year pay so i think that's a little interesting to think about there i just i, I don't know that Foles market is going to be as crazy because i i just i'm not i'm failing to see the obvious landing spots i guess other than jacksonville and again if they make one move that isn't him then where's he going i don't know so definitely going to be interesting to see how this one plays out Yep, and we still got a couple of weeks till I think we get any resolution on that. So uh, we will sit and wait and uh, watch the rumor mill churn out one uh, one after the other here as it as it pertains to Nick Foles' future. Uh, let's move on. Uh, speaking of the rumor mill, a couple other guys who have been connected to the Eagles uh, in recent days in the free agency and the trade market. Two Pittsburgh Steelers stars, Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown, BLG. First, let's uh, talk about Bell. Jason LaConfora, who has been trying to get bell on the eagles really <laughs> since the trade deadline last year and maybe even before that reported that bell is looking for a deal worth 50 million dollars in the first two years of whatever new deal he signs now that he's a free agent lock and Ford did say quote there's plenty of skepticism he will approach that number but then listed the jets eagles and buccaneers among the teams involved bell previously told espn he believes the eagles would be interested in signing him as a free agent you and I have both called for the Eagles to do something significant at running back this offseason. We both know that they need another guy there. They they need some somebody at running back to take the pressure off of Carson Wentz. And there are some options out there. Le'Veon Bell is obviously the big name. Now, he didn't play at all last year. You wonder what kind of game shape he would be in after missing an entire season. Maybe he's fresher and healthier, or maybe he would be the exact opposite. But you're looking at it just a pure fit. Sure, it makes sense. But you got to look at the money and you got to look at health and, and the fact he didn't play at all last year. What's your take on this latest information regarding Bell and the Eagles? Lachlan Fora has been saying it since September, believe it or not. So it's been a while he's been it's saying it. And his thing, yeah. People can say what they want to say about Lachlan Fora, but like even – Livian Bell told ESPN in an interview during the season last year that he feels like the Eagles are one of the teams that are going to be interested in him. And I don't know if that's from, you know, him seeing the Lock and Fora reporting and like making that connection, or it's him just throwing a team out there to try to make his market better, or maybe it's him somehow having a sense that the Eagles would be interested in him. So I don't know what exactly to make of that. I don't think it's necessarily completely fake, but I just don't see logically where it works out, where it makes sense for the Eagles. I just, how are the Eagles really going to be the team that gives him the biggest steal? They're already limited on cap space. We know they don't spend much at running back in terms of resources. I think they've taken that too far to the extreme. We've talked about that a lot, but I don't think you then go on the other extreme and you give out a huge free agent contract to a running back. So I just don't think it's realistic. I don't really see it's going to happen. I just think you look at teams like the Jets who have so much more cap space and are probably more desperate to make a big splash like that. And I just don't see how, you know, the the Jets can't pay him more than what the Eagles would realistically be willing to and want to offer now. You know, if cap space wasn't an issue, uh, which it is, but I'm saying, you know, if we're just yeah. talking about Le'Veon Bell, the player, I mean, yeah, it'd be great to have him. Kind of perfect fit. I mean, he's exactly what you want in terms of a guy who can contribute as a receiver, 
a pass catcher, and a running back who's really good. I would love to have him in theory, but I just don't think it really makes sense. I'll, I'll see it when I believe it. Again, um, the only way I would see it is something I kind of, I think I've talked about before on the podcast where it would have to be his market just gets weird for some reason. And maybe it would because he has sat out for a season and there was even something from the New York Daily News that said he ballooned up to like 260 pounds in the oh, man. in the year he's off. And he's he, apparently he's fine now and his trainers have denied that. Who knows? But, you know, that's not the best thing to hear. And there's yeah. obviously like other red flags with him in terms of, um, you know, he's been suspended before in the past. So there's red flags there. There's concerns. It's certainly not an obvious move by any means. Um, so I just don't think the Eagles will be hot after him. Yeah, like I said, unless there's some kind of weird thing where his market is just not as strong as many expect it to be, I just don't really see it happen. Well, and in a small sample size of Eagles fans, uh, the ones who visit our website, more than 3,000 people voted in a poll that we had asking, you know, do you want the Eagles to sign Le'Veon Bell? 62% of fans said the Eagles should not sign Bell. So uh, again, that's just uh, 3,000 or so fans uh, that come to our website and uh, responded to that poll. But that's probably a fairly good representation, I would think. The only fans that matter, to be honest. That's right. <laughs> there are no other Eagles fans other than the ones that come to our site and listen to this podcast. And there are some other running back options, which we can get to maybe in, in future podcasts. Where we can break down some of these free agency positions a little bit more in depth. But you've got Tevin Coleman and Mark Ingram potentially out there. And they would certainly come cheaper, one would imagine. And... Uh, you know, neither of those guys sat out last year. So the other Steeler, the other Steeler malcontent to talk about is Antonio Brown. And the Steelers made it clear this week they now believe trading Antonio Brown is the best thing for both parties. According to some NFL executives, the Eagles are considered a potential landing spot. This comes via ESPN Insider, where they mentioned the most logical suitors for Brown. Execs agreed that New England would be the ideal suitor. The Patriots, of course they would. But uh, also the 49ers, the Packers, the Rams, the Eagles were four interesting NFC destinations executives mentioned, along with the Oakland Raiders and Denver Broncos, two AFC teams. The you I think you outlined this in a piece for Bleeding Green Nation that why why are the Eagles considered favorites to to land Antonio Brown or why are they even considered by some NFL executives as a team who might be interested in Antonio Brown? We you have talked about this before. You don't think this has a shot in hell of happening, do you? Yeah, the logic used in this piece, by the way, by the ESPN insider column is like so bad. It's like NFL executives basically believe the Eagles will go after him maybe because. They make a lot of trades and they traded for Golden Tate last year. Like, come on, like, that's really your best reasoning. <laughs> I mean, like, thanks. Not I really quite couldn't the same have thing. Uh, figured that out on my own. So, yeah, that was just dumb. And to me, it's all about the money, once again, just like we we're talking about with Le'Veon Bell. It's not that the Eagles don't have room. If, if, like, if the Eagles really wanted to get Antonio Brown, they could. Like, that's not impossible. It's not like the Eagles don't have enough cap space to the point where they just can't do it. It's right. just that like they shouldn't do it. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. it's to the point where it's like, okay, you could sell your house and then buy a billion tacos from Taco Bell, but like you're not going to do that because that's not a smart <laughs> thing to do. I mean, like, you could do it. No yeah. one is necessarily stopping you from doing it. It's not like illegal, but you're just not going to do that. That's what it is with Antonio Brown. He has a $22 million cap hit in 2019. I don't know how you're fitting that onto a cap that already doesn't have a lot of room. I just don't see that happening. Well, for plus 31, what you'd have to give up in trade, too. 
you give up and trade for for a 31 year old wide receiver who look Antonio Brown is a future Hall of Famer. He's a very very good wide receiver, arguably one of the best receivers in the league. I'm not doubting his talent, but it, it would cost. It's just insane. I just don't see how it would happen. So I just don't think that's realistic at all either. I think you're going to see him end up on a team that has a ton of cap space, like maybe the 49ers. And another thing to to consider with the cap space is the Steelers don't even save any money other than like a million dollars if they trade him before June 1st. All they would save is a million. So why are they going to trade him before June 1st? That makes zero sense. And they might not be super needy for that cap space. So maybe they do it if they get a really good offer. But I just feel like you wait until after June 1st. And then at that point, I think you save 15 million as opposed to um, the 1 million. So I just feel like they would wait. And if you're a team trading for Antonio Brown, like you're not doing it where you're basing your whole offseason plan on waiting until June to make that happen because so many things could fall apart by then. Like you don't know, like the free agency and the draft, like you don't go into your offseason planning to make a move in June. That's a situation where if you're a team that just has an abundance of cap space and you happen to have a need at wide receiver at that point in the offseason, then you have the luxury of making that move and the Eagles are just not in that spot. So I think, honestly, why we're talking about Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown so much right now is because it's just such a slow time for the Eagles, and there's really nothing else to talk about. I mean, like, the biggest roster move they've made recently, that actually the most, like, official roster move they've made recently, is waving a former CFL cornerback you've never heard of. His name is Eli Buka. Like, <laughs> that was their roster move today. Like, they tweeted it out from the official account. Like, that's the most exciting actual Eagles news that's happened. So, that's just kind of where we are right now. I mean, I realize you're paying the social media guys to to be online and do stuff, but they probably didn't need a a whole tweet for that particular (laughs) transaction. Um, So, if you had, but let me just ask hypothetically, you know, if you had to pick one, given how much it would cost to acquire each of these guys and how much that they would cost the cap. If you had to pick one, which one would you pick? Would it be Bell or Brown? For me, it'd be Bell because I didn't have to give up any draft picks, and I think the need at running back is more than at wide receiver. Yeah, same. I think it's pretty easy. I just don't I don't know how you make that twenty two million cap number work. Like you would have to sign him to an extension or something to you know, something to I don't know how you lower that number. Like that number is there. So I just don't see that being possible. Whereas if you're signing Bell, presumably, you know, you're you're working with him, you're you're setting up the terms of that deal. It's not a, a pre made deal already. Like you can play around with cap space to get him. So if anyone, Le'Veon Bell, but probably not him. Right, well, up next, uh, some ESPN NFL experts suggested three trades that they believe could benefit the Eagles and the team that they're going to trade with. We're going to get into that next right here on BGN Radio. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. And we're back on BGN Radio. So, um, you know, we talk about this offseason and free agency, and uh, we know Howie Roseman likes to swing a lot of trades. And um, we talked just a few seconds ago about uh, trading for Antonio Brown and how that probably wouldn't work. But uh, there's another set of trades that were mentioned by a panel of NFL experts uh, by ESPN, uh, suggesting three trades that they believe the Eagles could make that would help out both teams with which the Eagles were trading with. All right, so let me run these by you here, BLG. Here's the first one, and I think we've talked about this one before a little bit and kind of poo-pooed it on its face. 
Uh, the Jaguars would trade running back Leonard Fournette to the Eagles straight up for Nick's for Nick Foles. Uh, the Jags have apparently soured on Fournette, but the question here in my mind is why would the Eagles want a guy who averaged just 3.7 yards per rush last year, BLJ? Yeah, and he gets hurt, and there's obviously maturity issues there, too. I just can't see it. I think a lot of people, if this was Madden, that is a trade that makes sense, right? Like, if you're just playing <laughs> yeah. Madden, because you're not, Nick Foles isn't doing for you anything for you anyway. Like, you're just, you're going to start Carson Wentz, and you're going to have him, and you need a better running back than what the Eagles have currently. So you would trade for that in Madden, but this isn't Madden. Even though his salary is lower, which I think Dan Graziano kind of mentioned in that trade proposal, like, his cap hit is still decent. Uh, I believe it's like seven million and then nine million next year for a running back. Like that's not that's not unaffordable, but it's just not ideal, especially for a player who isn't necessarily even that great. So I just I can't see that one happening. Yeah, the name is bigger because a lot of a lot of fantasy football players have drafted him in the first and second round in recent years, but his production's never really matched uh, where he was taken in the NFL draft and where he's gone in fantasy drafts and all that. And it's a it's a sexy name, but when you look at the actual production and you look at the cost, yeah, it does that one doesn't make a whole lot of sense for me either uh there's another trade with the jaguars seems like the eagles and the jaguars just match up really well in some trades here blg uh they're suggesting that the jaguars trade cornerback jalen ramsey to the eagles for the eagles first round draft pick this year obviously jalen ramsey is an elite cornerback something the eagles don't have I think the Eagles should consider landing a top-flight cornerback this offseason. I'm I'm still a little bit uncomfortable, BLG, with Jalen Mills, Avante Maddox, Russell Douglas being your top three cornerbacks last year. And even if you bring Ronald Darby back as a free agent, that foursome can play well, but that's also a foursome that can have trouble against really good wide receivers. And so I, I would love for them to get a shutdown cornerback. I think that would help out the defense tremendously. But is the cost here too high? What do you make of this trade? I mean, if this was Nick Foles for Dan Ramsey, <laughs> sign <laughs> yeah, me up. I mean, that exactly. that would. I mean, obviously Jacksonville is not doing that, but that would be the trade I would do. I think it's just hard to give a first round pick. You know, for as good as Jalen Ramsey is, he's literally going to be the highest paid cornerback in NFL history, probably very soon. He's um, a free agent after this season. Although, if the Eagles did acquire him, they could use the fifth year option on his contract to have him under contract for 2020 as well so they would have that in their belt but you know Ramsey's gonna put the pressure on them to get that deal done he's going to want more money um so maybe the Eagles would trade for him and they wouldn't extend him and they would just try to see if they could play him out on the rest of his deal before eventually letting him walk in free agency but honestly I don't think the Jaguars would be accepting a first for Jalen Ramsey like I don't think that's enough for them I think you would have to give them like a first and a fourth or something I just you know I don't I don't think they're really in a rush to move off of him, even though there's been some, you know, some grumblings and some, um, I don't, maybe, I don't, dysfunction, whatever you want to call it there. The, re- the relationship hasn't been perfectly harmonious, but I just don't think, you know, a first really gets it done. And I, let's talk about cornerback a little bit more because that's been a, a topic here about, um, cause you're seeing it in the mock drafts. And I think yeah. it was Mel Kuyper's latest mock draft, which is like just bizarre. And he had a, a guy, I can't even remember his name, but like the cornerback he had mocked to the Eagles is a guy who the guys at the draft network have like ranked eighth on their board for the most part. Even Lance Zerline was saying like he's a day two guy who needs like a couple years to develop into the starter. Like, what are we doing, Mel Piper? Like, what is this? And regardless of that corner specifically, I just don't think the Eagles go corner at all. And I, and I get why, like what you're saying, John, because technically, yeah, the position isn't necessarily 
as shored up as we're hoping it to be. It's not proven that it is that way. But I just think, you know, the Eagles have invested so much into this position already with a third round pick in Russell Douglas, with a second round pick in Sidney Jones. Um, they obviously like Jalen Mills a lot. Ronald Darby, we'll see if he's back or not. We don't know for sure yet. Uh, and then you have Avante Maddox again, who you drafted in the fourth round. And then you have Craven LeBlanc, who played really well. Well, That's true, yeah. I forgot about Jones and LeBlanc. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, so there you go. So I just feel like you've already invested so much into that you know, youth that if you're bringing in another rookie, it just doesn't make sense to me because then you're playing him like over who, you know, like, and then he's probably not going to be an answer instantly right away. I just don't, I don't believe you're going to draft a corner who comes in and he's just automatically a difference maker. And he, you already, like he makes you feel a lot better than Maddox or, you know, Douglas does. I just don't think that's necessarily realistic. Now, if you can get a proven guy, I don't think that's the worst thing in the world. And I think the Eagles probably should add some kind of experienced player, especially if Darby isn't going to be back just because, you know, there, there's a lot of young guys in this group and you'd probably want some kind of veteran experience in that cornerback room at some point. But I don't think it's going to be Ramsey. And I think, again, the Jaguars would want a lot more than a first. So what first to Nick Foles? I, I, <laughs> I don't think I do that if I'm the Eagles. And that's the, the, the one last thing I'll say on this is that I think a first-round pick is so much more valuable to the Eagles than maybe a lot of other teams because – Again, you have to think about the Eagles' cap situation, and they're going to be signing Carson Wentz to this big deal, and they're going to be limited on cap space in the future. That first-round pick gives you a chance to have a really good player on a very cheap contract for up to five years, and I think there's a lot of value in that. So, like in theory, yeah, Jalen Ramsey is going to be the better player now, and there's not a guarantee the player you pick with your first-round pick is that good, but you have to consider the value, too, like in terms of the contract. So I think that's a big factor in that equation. Yeah, and they didn't have a first-round pick last year either, and you don't want to go two years in a row without having a first-round pick. Obviously, Dallas Goddard was an excellent second-round pick last year for them, but uh, I think the Eagles want to keep that first-round pick, even if it means saying no to a player like Jalen Ramsey. I'm I'm with you. I'm reluctant to get... But I do think the Eagles should consider in free agency getting a cornerback that maybe not be elite, but can handle number one wide receivers. And and maybe, hey, maybe Avante Maddox grows into that guy. Maybe Jalen Mills returns back to more like his 2017 form uh, this coming year. You know, maybe if they do get Ronald Darby back, you know, he, if it, he seemed like he maybe was dealing with a little bit of injury at the beginning of last year, too. There, It is a young room. There's a lot of guys there that have some talent. I just worry about... I, I worry about the lack of a true shutdown cornerback when you consider that Jim Schwartz's defense is predicated on your cornerbacks playing well and getting pressure with your front four. So I don't think making a trade here in this case for Ramsey makes any sense either. The last trade mentioned uh, was the Bills would trade running back LaShawn McCoy to the Eagles for the Eagles 2019 fifth round pick obviously McCoy was a name that we heard mentioned a lot at the trade deadline here this past season I think uh, most of us were reluctant to make a deal for McCoy then and I don't know that my position on that has changed a whole lot now BLG McCoy kind of feels like an over-the-hill guy and you know even for a fifth round pick you know I think they can do better yeah I think this is honestly the most realistic out of all three believe it or not um The Eagles were reportedly interested in trading for Shady back in 2017. That was reported during the Super Bowl week last year. I think people kind of missed that. Then at the trade deadline this year, there was the report that the Eagles checked in on Shady. And obviously, they didn't give the Bills 
what they want to get a deal done because the deal didn't happen. But they've shown interest in the past two years now. And yeah, I just think back to when Shady came back to Philly for the game in 2015. And, you know, he was out there hugging Jeffrey Lurie and the fact that he's the, the team's all-time leading rusher still <laughs> and probably will be for quite some time. Um, so I just... I can't rule it out entirely, even though, you know, it doesn't seem to make sense on the surface because he's 31. Um, his 9 million cap hit this year isn't crazy for if you still really believe in him. Like, if you really think he still can be good, that's not insane to pay him at all. And he's on the last year of his deal. So um, it's not like you're committed to anything beyond this year. So I don't know. I don't think it's impossible. I do think that. Now, there's, there's talk that Shady could just get cut. And really, when you look at it, the Bills can cut Shady to save $6.4 million compared to only $2.6 million in dead money. Just the way the Bills are going, you know, it's clear Shady isn't in their long-term plans. And he, I don't really think they super need him for this year because I don't really know how competitive they expect to be and how he helps them and he fits into all that. So I wouldn't say it's impossible. Now, there's again, there's a lot of red flags there too, you know, with all this stuff yeah. that's kind of happened with him off the field. So I don't even know. Where do you even, like, I don't even know how to touch that one. So kind of weird situation overall. But I just, I don't think it's impossible. I don't think it makes sense. Like, I think they need to get younger there. I mean, if they cut him and he's out there, man, I, I don't think it's, I just don't think it's impossible. Yeah, I think if the Eagles strike out on players like Tevin Coleman or Mark Ingram and Shady's out there and he's going to take a one-year deal or, or just there for a low, a low guaranteed money type deal, I guess I'd take a shot if that was kind of not last option, but if that was among some of the middling options that you had there, because he's certainly better than anything they have on the roster right now at running back. I mean, it's is with with Shady even with a three point two yard per average uh, yard per carry last year uh, average. I it's I think he's probably a little better than that, but. Again, an aging guy who does catch the ball out of the backfield too. So there's there's that element to the game, and he has uh, he knows how to pick up a blitz, which is important. Uh, really, Darren Sproles was the only guy who was able to do that last year. So I, I think Shady is not somebody that I would target. But if the value was right, and you kind of struck out on solidifying your backfield in other ways, I guess I could see it. But yeah, I don't making a trade is even for just a fifth round pick to me. Uh, again, doesn't make a whole lot of sense. All right, one last thing before we get to our uh, our last break here. Jordan Matthews came out this week and had something interesting to say about Carson Wentz, and it kind of mirrored some of the stuff that we have been saying about Wentz here over the past few weeks. He talked about Carson Wentz deserving some grace from the fans in response to the Philly Voice piece and some of the, uh, really, the, the negative turn that a lot of the conversation has taken in Philadelphia towards Carson Wentz, which, again, drives me absolutely crazy. But can you just kind of briefly touch on Matthew's comments and, you know, how it kind of reflects some of the stuff that we have been saying over these last couple of weeks? Because I think Jordan Matthews really hit on some stuff that uh, that we both believe in. Jordan Matthews, my friend, I'm sorry for slandering you in the past. Clearly, you're a <laughs> listener to BGN Radio because you pretty much hit on the things that John Stolness and I have been talking about. Uh, he kind of danced around it a little bit, but he said Carson Wentz deserves grace. And what he was talking about when he was saying that is he was saying that, quote unquote, if there's any slip in character from somebody of Carson's caliber, I think there should be grace applied. I think that should be the type of posture everybody should bring to that to somebody like that, because this dude is the face of a franchise. You think about the weight and the pressure that is on his shoulders every single day and to miss out on being that leader and being in that position, then to come back 
and go right into the season, but also have to play through pain, I think there should be always, or I think there should always be some grace applied to anybody, but definitely in that position. So, I mean, that's what we were saying, John. We're saying like, I just don't, and look, you know, I feel like sometimes we say things that might not be so smart. I'm not talking about you more so. I'm probably no, talking about No, you can go ahead and let me, <laughs> I give me more so than you not being smart. But like, I was re-listening to the episode, we said this and I was like, yes, this is what we said. Just going from being that MVP, just think about that, like where he was, the the heights he was reaching. He was having arguably one of his best career uh, games of his career against the Rams. And he must have been feeling so awesome. Think about like how you would feel if you were in that position and you're like, yes, you know, I had this disappointing or well, relatively you know, uneven rookie season where a lot of people criticize me and now I'm having this awesome 2017 season. I'm proving the Eagles right for drafting me so high. I'm the MVP of the league. Everything is going great. We're potentially going to, you know, we're probably going to get the one seed. We're going to the playoffs, maybe even win the Super Bowl this year. And all of a sudden it's just taken away from you. (laughs) And all of a sudden uh, it still happens, which you're probably happy about. I'm sure Carson Wentz was genuinely happy. The Eagles Mm -hmm. won the Super Bowl. But at the same time, you know, you're feeling like, you know, this was supposed to be me. Now fans don't even care about me, basically. And that's not true. They do. But I'm just saying in the sense of like Nick Foles is now the fan favorite ultimately. And Carson Wentz in one way or another is kind of just like chopped liver. People will say Carson Wentz didn't win us the Super Bowl. So that has to be tough. And, you know, for a guy who is only 26 years old, I don't think, you know, that's the easiest thing to accept. I just think that's quick 180 years older. Yeah. yeah, it's hard. I just think it's really hard. And I know playing quarterback isn't easy and not just because of the, the physical demands, but just the mentality and, and this kind of pressure you have to deal with. I'm not saying, I mean, it's somewhat of a special situation, but this kind of pressure is something you have to deal with as a quarterback. So ultimately, Carson Wentz is going to have to learn how to deal with this better in the future. And I think that's kind of what we hope to see moving forward, you know, because he's going to be facing a lot of pressure in 2019. And I, I like we said, that's regardless if this Philly voice story came out or not. Like he was always going to be facing a lot of pressure this season because he needs to play better than he did last year. He needs to prove really more than anything that he can stay healthy and that he can play at a high level. So I just thought it was good for J Matt to kind of say, you know, those that that's kind of have that notion out there and kind of be like, Hey, like have some grace, like have some understanding. Yeah. I think that's well said because for all the, you know, I get if you like, you like Nick Foles, and whatever, and you want him to stay or whatever. But, like, can you just not be mean to Carson Wentz? I feel like some people are just so mean to him. They're like, oh, he sucks. He doesn't done anything. What are you – like, calm down, first of yeah. all. Just like, <laughs> are you even an Eagles fan? Like, do you want him to do well? I almost feel like there are people out there, like, who don't want him to do well. This is crazy to me. I-, I get that you might have some reservations about him, and you might have some concerns, and that's fair, and that's fine. I'm not going to say that we all need to, you know, have our midnight green glasses on and we need to get the pom-poms out and say everything Carson does is great. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm just saying, like, let's give it at least, let's at least give the guy a chance again, like, to be good in 2019, just like he was in 2017. At the very least, he has earned that by playing as well as he has to this point. And that's where people should have grace and kind of just, like, honestly, just get off his back a little bit and, like, give him some, give him a chance. Give him a chance going into this year. Don't come into it being like, oh, you know, he sucks and Foles is better and we should have kept him. Like, just chill out with that stop yeah yeah no go watch america's game the the nfl network produced thing with and, and watch the carson Wentz section 
and listen to everybody talking about him and, and remember what what that was like and remember last year that he wasn't really healthy for at any point during the season let's get you know give the guy an off season to to come in and get his feet under we've been saying that since the beginning you know he got dropped into the middle of this crazy situation it's dropped into the middle of a season trying to come back from a knee injury then you hurt your back in the middle of a uh, a season with huge expectations i, I just Again, I, these are play. These are games played by people. They're, these are not Madden characters. But we've talked about all that before. If you listen to BGN Radio, you heard me and BLG go round and round on. So we don't need to button it up again. I I was just uh, pleased to hear Jordan Matthews kind of say some of the same stuff. And yeah, they're best friends and and they're both really close. But that doesn't make what he said any less true, because uh, I totally believe it, one hundred percent. And I I guarantee you, just about everybody on the Eagles would say the same thing. Players and coaches and all that to give Carson Wentz just. A little bit of a break, everybody. Up next, we're going to get into some free agency talk and take a look at players on the free agent market who have some connections with people inside the front office and on the Eagles coaching staff. And, you know, we'll kind of go over some of these guys and figure out whether or not there might be a match uh, here during free agency. We'll get into that next right here on BGN Radio. And we're back with BGN Radio. So as we talk about free agency here, BLG, so often we see, and the Eagles have done this in recent seasons as well, Players are brought onto new teams through connections that they have had in their past with with co- members of the coaching staff or the front office on the new team that they're joining. And so, you know, you did a piece for BleedingGreenNation.com, which I think came out today uh, on Thursday as we're recording this, which looked at the free agent market and you tried to connect some dots between some of the free agents that are out there and some members of the Eagles front office and the coaching staff and wondering if maybe there might be a little bit of a pull between it with that relationship that might draw some of these guys into Philadelphia or whether the coaching staff or the front office might be eyeing some of these guys because they have a history together. And so let's go through some of the, some of the members of the Eagles here and take a look at the, the connections involved with some of these free agents and just kind of uh, let me know um, which of these guys you think uh, is a realistic possibility of, of joining the Eagles and guys who could make an impact. We're looking first at Joe Douglas and some of the connections that he has uh, with defensive end uh, edge rusher uh, Zadarius Smith, who had a good season last year, uh, eight and a half sacks. He's just 26 years old. A couple other names, uh, wide receiver Brashad Perriman, uh, 16 catches for 340 yards. Uh, running back Buck Allen is a free agent. Uh, quarterback Tyrod Taylor, perhaps, is a backup. Uh, those are just some of the names that you had listed uh, for Joe Douglas. Any of those names in particular jump out at you, BLG, or any names that I haven't mentioned jump out at you? So remember when we talked about that Tony Pauline report about the Eagles potentially eyeing a top free agent pass rusher? I can't help but wonder if Zedaria Smith might be that guy because, you know, he's a fourth round pick. By the Ravens in 2015, which is Joe Douglas's final year with Baltimore. Um, he's only 26 years old. He's an ascending player. You know, he's gotten better each year, basically. I just feel like, you know, because he doesn't have that fully elite proven production, you know, he's more of an ascending player than a proven player fully, I would say, that maybe he's kind of more so in their price range. And maybe the Eagles are willing to pay that kind of money on him as opposed to, you know, Brandon Graham, who's going to be 31 here. So, uh, I just think that's a little bit of an interesting name to keep an eye on. Maybe that's that guy that Tony Pauline was referencing. And then the other name, I guess, that I would say is most interesting from this group would also be Brashad Perryman, who is a guy the Eagles actually reportedly worked out during the 2018 season when they were, you know, they had all those injury issues and they ended up signing J Matt. But um, Perriman ended up with the Browns, and he only had 16 receptions, but they went for 340 yards. That's a 23 point 
hmm. um, or 21.3 average, which is very good. He also had two touchdowns. And, you know, he was the number 26 overall pick in the 2015 NFL draft. So Joe Douglas potentially thought very highly of him. And I just think what you would sign him for in free agency, considering he's mostly been a colossal bust or really has been a colossal bust to this point, I just don't think he would cost much. And he doesn't turn 26 till September. So that might be the kind of bargain bin option that kind of, you know, the Eagles can kind of fit. Um, it's not exciting. You know, it's not a thrilling name. It's not Deshaun Jackson, who you would like to add. But, you know, look, yeah. Deshaun Jackson's also going to cost a lot more. And also, he actually isn't a free agent yet. The, yeah. We'll see if the Bucks cut him or not. So you kind of just have to make what you with, you know, what, what the options that are out there. And I just think the Eagles are kind of in a point now with where they are limited on cap space where, you know, it's not always about the top name anymore. Like that's how it used to be. And they had, used to have the space for that but they kind of have to go bargain bin hunting. And I just think Brashad Perriman might be one of those guys. Let's look at some names connected to Howie Roseman. And this is kind of a, a let's get the band back together list here. Uh, you've got defensive end Vinnie Curry, uh, running back with Garrett Blunt, running back Kenyon Barner, defensive tackle Benny Logan, linebackers Michael Kendricks, Najee Good, cornerback Eric Rowe. Names we are all familiar with, BLG. Some of them from that 2017 run. Um you know, I, Vinny Curry is, is an interesting name to me. Um, also, Benny Logan. Uh, I don't know what, how much Benny has left in the tank. I didn't get to see much of, of Benny last year, uh, how much he played. But, um, you know, these na- none of these names are marquee players anymore. But they filled a role while they were here and, and in many cases filled it pretty well, BLG. What are you thinking on some of these guys? Yeah, Vinny, I think, is a nice uh, fallback option. You're not going to go out and sign him tomorrow. But if you kind of lose... Chris Long and Brandon Graham somehow. You need a veteran, another veteran guy in that room. And Vinny makes sense. You know, he already knows the scheme. He's a great fit in the locker room. Um, I'm going to mention LeGarrette Blunt here because I just don't think it makes sense. I know you wanted Blunt back, kind of. Uh, I thought about it midseason. Year. Yeah, I thought maybe it would be a good trade option, but he was not very productive with Detroit this year. 2.7 yards per carry. I mean, and that's not good. Yeah, no. Huh. People say, like, well, maybe he'd be better with the Eagles, and maybe, but he's also going to be 33 this season. So, like, I, I love LG. I always will. I'm not, like, I don't like to say anything bad about him because I love him, but I just think it's kind of, you know, end of the road for him. So, uh, I don't think he's going to be the answer. I would love to have Benny back. I was always a huge Benny guy, and he only has 1.5 sacks in his last 30 games. So I don't really know what kind of money he's going to be getting out there. I would love to bring him back as like a third defensive tackle kind of that you could kind of, you could rotate Fletcher Cox, yeah. Jimmy Jernigan, Benny Glenn. And I love that. I don't think um, it's necessarily realistic because I think Benny might be able to find some kind of starting job or some more playing time elsewhere, but I would love it. I don't see it. And as for Michael Kendricks, I mean, we obviously know that won't be happening, yeah. uh, especially <laughs> yeah. because he is, his sentencing for insider trading is coming up in April and he could be facing up to 37 months in prison. So not happening. Now I think, I think Kendricks will get out of jail time, but uh, I definitely agree with you. I don't think he's coming back to Philadelphia anytime soon. Uh, Let's look at some guys possibly connected to Doug Peterson running back Spencer Ware, uh, who really burst onto the scene in 2015 when he filled in for Jamal Charles. He's a good pass catcher. He's just 27 years old and averaged 4.8 yards per carry last year, 11.2 yards per reception. Uh, Safety Ron Parker was another name I saw mentioned uh, on your list that was interesting. The Eagles, if they decide they want to add another safety, which I don't think would be a terrible idea, that could be a potential match there. I really like the idea of where, the more I think about it, 
Um, but what about uh, what about some of these names and, and some other potential names connected to Doug Peterson? Yeah, I think Spencer Ware is makes a lot of sense. And to be, to be fair, Michael Kist has been saying this for a while now, so I feel like I'm mm-hmm. infringing on his territory by saying this. But uh, Spencer Ware, I think he would en- he would encourage you to steal the idea anyway. So I think you can feel free. I think he would. Yeah. Uh, he had his best year or his most efficient year. And really, his first really NFL production when Doug was calling some of the plays back in 2015. He had a 5.6 average on the ground. He had six touchdowns and just 72 carries. Uh, He's also, he only had like six receptions that year for six yards. So he didn't really do that well. But ever in in the season since, he's actually proved himself very well to be pass catcher he had a 13.5 average as a running back which is really good wow as a pass yeah. catcher and he had uh, 11.2 in 2018 and a 4.8 yards per carry and those numbers are strong especially coming off that pcl injury he had which cost him his entire 2017 season so i just think you look at where where now it's very confusing i think you look at spencer <laughs> Ware's value and i think it's in the eagles price range and I think, you know, he's a guy who kind of becomes that, like, he's not a lead back in the sense you're giving that guy 20 carries per game, but he's the lead back in the sense that he's going to be getting the most carries and he can also contribute as a third down back. Like, you're going to be throwing to him a decent amount. And that way, hopefully, ideally, even though I love Darren Sproles and always will, you kind of wouldn't have to bring Darren Sproles back at that point. So you have your pass catching guy and a guy that can handle some of the lead responsibilities in terms of getting the bulk of the carry. So yeah, I think Spencer Ware makes a lot of sense from this group. Um, anyone else really not so much. I mean, the Eagles haven't really used a full back in forever now, um, but Anthony Sherman is out there if they wanted him for some reason. D Ford is obviously going to be hit with the franchise tag. Uh, so he's not going to be out there, and I honestly wouldn't want to pay the big money it would probably take to get him anyway. So yeah. I think just that's just about it as far as the Doug Peterson guys go. And the last guys I saw on your list that interested me, and, and you can certainly add more if there are other guys I missed, but uh, some guys connected to Jim Schwartz, uh, defensive end Ezekiel Ansah, who has had some injury issues but is a talented player, uh, linebacker Preston Brown, and uh, defensive tackle Indomitian Sue, who is a free agent, 32 years old. Uh, the question is how much would Sue cost, but you want to shore up that defensive tackle position. Well, Sue's a guy who can do that for you. Are any of these guys realistic, BLG? Yeah, I think Ansa is interesting too. I think him and Smith are the two guys I think of when I hear Tony Pauline say that thing about the Eagles eyeing a top free agent pass rusher because – you know, Ansa was the number five overall pick when Jim Schwartz was still the head coach of the Lions in 2013. And Ansa, I think because he's missed 14 games in the past three seasons, and he only had a sack total of two in 2016 and four in 2018, that his value could be driven down. But the reason he would sign him is because he's had had some monster seasons. Like he had 14 and a half sack season, and he also forced four fumbles that year. I think Jim Schwartz would love to have that guy. And I think he probably sees him as a great fit in his scheme. So, you know, maybe they're kind of willing to take that risk. And he he is a year younger than Brandon Graham, which isn't a huge difference. But um, there's a lot of red flags with that again, because you look at the injury and you just don't necessarily feel great about that. But maybe Jim Schwartz really is pounding the table for Ansa. So that's kind of one I would think about. And then another Schwartz connection, which I almost feel like I almost want to guarantee this one. because it just makes too much sense logically. It's not really even the biggest move, but I think Preston Brown could be your Jordan Hicks replacement. Um, obviously, the Eagles are going to need a new starting linebacker. 
probably. It seems like Jordan Hicks is going to move on. That's kind of the early word. We'll see how that goes and how his market develops. But I just think Brown kind of makes a lot of sense as a guy who, I mean, he started 14 games as a rookie for Jim Schwartz in 2014. Um, and then he he remained a full-time starter in Buffalo. And I, he didn't miss any time there or much time there. And he went to the Bengals last year on a one-year $5 million deal. That was only $2 million guaranteed. But then he got hurt this year. So if he's only getting one-year $5 million last year, when he was coming off better performance in Buffalo, like I think he's going to be really, he's going to be even cheaper this year. And I don't think the Bengals are really going to be bringing him back because they have a whole new coaching staff. And Brown's only 26 years old. So I think he could kind of, you know, might be looking for a place that kind of offers him familiarity at this point where he's kind of like, okay, where do I go now? You know, Buffalo didn't want me last year. And now the Bengals are starting over. So where do I go? Maybe you reunite with. The, the first defensive coordinator you ever had, Jim Schwartz. So I think that could be a nice value option there for the Eagles at linebacker. Well, listen, BLG, I mean, obviously there are a lot of different avenues they can go here in free agency. It certainly seems on, like on the defensive line. Uh, it's a, This is a good year to have a need uh, for some edge rushers and some uh, have a need for some tackle help both in the draft and in free agency. But I like those two defensive ends that uh, you're speculating uh, could be targets uh, for Philadelphia here during the offseason. And uh, look, once uh, free agency gets underway, uh, we'll hopefully see a flurry of activity early on. And uh, the Eagles can, I think you're right, can't really afford to go spend big on in, in many of these areas but uh, there are some good value ads out there i think that could absolutely help and it's always good to take a look at some personal connections i mean hey in life and jobs we get most of our gigs through personal connections you know what i mean so no different in football um as we wrap up here on episode 38 blg any final thoughts for our friends out there listening I would also mention Kayvon Webster as a potential target. Not Again, not like a super exciting name here, but the Eagles actually showed some interest in him back in 2017 for agency, and he played for Eagles defensive backs coach Corey Unlin in Denver, so there's that connection there. And, you know, John, you were kind of talking about adding a veteran guy. Now, Kayvon Webster is not going to be a shutdown number one corner, but he is a veteran guy. He has experience, so you can kind of bring him into that young group of Sidney Jones and the Maddox and Douglas and all those guys and kind of have him kind of fit in that group, play some special teams, maybe be a backup. So that's one name also I would keep an eye on. And you kind of said it there. Like, I think the that piece is relevant that I wrote, obviously, because I wrote it, but also because the Eagles are really big on familiarity. We talked about that with the coaching hires recently yeah. that they made. Like that's, And they even have that thing that they were talking about last offseason. They call the cohabitation matrix, which is basically where like they have like any kind of signing or move they make. They almost like to have someone they know who is personally connected to that guy weigh in on that person just so they have you know, that firsthand frame of reference they can go off of and they're not going into something totally blind and they sign a guy and they think it's fine, but then he actually turns out to be a nightmare. So I think that yeah. familiarity does matter. And in years past, that post I've done has led to, it, it has identified some of their signings before they've happened. Um, Nada last year, it hit on Kamar Aiken. Again, not really exciting signing, but I'm just saying like some of these names that have been out there, uh, Alshon Jeffrey in 2017, Torrey Smith yeah. in 2017. So some of those names out there, you know, they, they do kind of get end up getting drawn back to those guys. And I think that familiarity helps. So that's definitely something to keep an eye on here as free agency will officially begin on March 13th, the legal tampering period, which again is always a stupid name. And I feel the need to bring that up. <laughs> 
How can it be legal on... tampering? It's just ridiculous. Legal tampering. <laughs> so that begins on March 11th. And as a precursor to that, which is coming up sooner, of course, is the NFL Combine. So we'll have NFL Combine coverage coming up next week as it begins. I believe Benjamin Solak's going to be there. Uh, BGN's own Alexis Chasson mm-hmm. is going to be there. So that's going to be cool. We're going to have some reporting on the ground there and we'll hopefully get some good insight. And that's that's really big, honestly, too, for the Nick Foles thing because yeah. it's not just about like the combine is where you get all together and you're watching the prospects. Like the executives are getting together too and they're talking. So we should yeah. probably get some more news, not just about Nick Foles, but potential contract extensions for Brandon Graham if they're going to resign him or anyone else they might resign or other players they might be interested in free agency. So point being, you know, we're kind of, we've been in this very slow period, very slow news cycle. Hasn't really been anything going on, but hopefully there should be some news around the corner. In addition, hopefully, finally, please sign Bryce Harper, Phillies, please. Come on, do it. Hey, Brian Dawkins gave it the old college try, didn't he? Uh, Try to get tweeted directly at Bryce Harper to, to sell Philadelphia to Bryce. I think it's going to happen, BLG. It might not happen for another couple oh, of days or please. so, but it just doesn't seem like there's anybody else out there. But uh, you can hear me rant and rave about Bryce Harper and all that on the Hit and Season podcast at The Good Fight. Uh, in the meantime, uh, folks, uh, this, this will wrap up Episode 38. And again, a reminder to, uh, if you haven't already, uh, give those ratings and those reviews for us on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe to BleedingGreenNation.com and tell your friends. If you, if you have an Eagles fan and they don't know about bgn radio and the bleeding green nation podcast feed explain to them how they're missing out take their phone from them and subscribe for them and let them know about the bleeding green nation podcast feed the kiston solak show the qb sco show and bgn radio and again those ratings and reviews uh, help us out in a big big way thanks everybody for tuning in we'll talk to y'all next time right here on bgn radio been a little too nice to y'all I got a up price for y'all. Snake eyes on dice for y'all. Shoulders on ice for y'all. Frozen. A6 all the hate. I won't get involved today. Got lost in the ball and A's. I'm flipping the balls and flipping the balls. P-G-N.